Hello and welcome to Legendary Africa, the podcast where a disembodied voice speaks about African myths, legends, and folklore straight into your ear canal. I gotta say, your lungs are very comfy. For new listeners, that sentence was probably one of the creepiest things you have heard in a while. Quick update for those joining us for the first time today. Some weeks ago, I was nicely settled into your ear canal, where I soothingly whispered myths and legends into your ear. But then, I accidentally fell into your sinuses, where I encountered many a strange beast, such as mysterious flying creatures, dinosaurs, growing crowd things, and so much mucus. Please, see an ENT specialist. Then, I managed to escape a potential Carcharodontosaurus attack and scrambled up to your eye socket, accidentally poking you in the eye, fell into your lungs somehow, and now I'm finally able to relax on your extremely healthy, yet squishy lungs with my new bestie, Squirt. It was a moth, which I think you inhaled at some point. Okay, so now that we're all caught up, let's begin. follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you will know that I've been working on my masters in classics and that I recently submitted my dissertation for examination. I received such amazing support from everyone when I announced it on Twitter, and I would like to thank those who sent messages and virtual hugs. You were also patient when I had to cancel the episode, which was uh, due the same weekend as my MA, and I really am very grateful for that. Hopefully, I can share some good news with you all very soon. In other news, I have recently gotten hooked, and I mean hooked onto watching Jane the Virgin. Whoo! I would not have ordinarily watched this show, but I heard a lot of good things about it and I had to give it a try. And yo, 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 do I love this show. Jane the Virgin is a rom-com which parodies telenovelas and revolves around a devout 23-year-old Latina virgin, Jane, who becomes pregnant after an accidental artificial insemination by her gynecologist. I mean, if that doesn't spell out drama, what does? Jane the perfect protagonist, so trusting and a bit immature, but I love her. And then there's the battle between hashtag Team Michael and hashtag Team Raphael, and I don't even know which team I'm fully on yet. Um, I'm also only on season 2, so please, no spoilers for me, only I can spoil things for you. And can anyone not like Petra? I mean, yes, she's done some terrible things, including manipulation, deceit, kidnapping, <laughs> attempting to impregnate herself with a husband's sperm without his consent. Okay, so it looks really bad. But she really grows on you, I swear. And of course, the best thing about the show is Rogelio, who is a precious cinnamon roll who must be protected at all costs. Go watch it. You'll love it. Today's stories, we are again in South Africa, this time in Cape Town. However, it is not legendary creatures or mythical heroes whose tales I will weave today. This episode... We're going to wander the dimly lit corridors of an old castle, take a stroll through a cemetery after dark, and meet Cape Town's very own headless horseman.
So you might have heard the tale of the Flying Dutchman before, one of the most popular ghost stories to emerge from South Africa. Actually, back when we were just legendary, Rochelle's first story for the podcast was on the Flying Dutchman. It's a fabulous legend. But what about other ghost stories? South Africa actually has dozens of supernatural and ghostly tales. The Hauntings of the Castle of Good Hope is one of these. The Castle of Good Hope was built in the 17th century in Cape Town, South Africa, after the Dutch East India Company settled on the shores of Cape Town. The castle was primarily intended to be a refreshment base for ships which were en route from Europe to East Asia, and its settlement helped the company maintain its monopoly over the spice trade. Commissioned in 1664 amid rising animosity between Britain and the Netherlands, the castle was built by soldiers, sailors, slaves, and Khoi people who were apparently being punished. The Khoi people are the traditionally nomadic pastoralist indigenous population of southwestern Africa. The castle's infrastructure includes heavy stone walls, a giant gate with thick spikes, a bell tower, a church, a bakery, various workshops, living quarters, and shops. The bell tower was used as a kind of messaging system to surrounding residents as the tolls of the bell could be heard over 10 kilometers away and primarily acted as a danger warning to those who heard it. In 1720, more than 41 years after the castle was built, a large moat was created around the castle. But the castle was also used for darker deeds. During the Second Boer War, a war between the British Empire and the Dutch-speaking settlers of South Africa, which was sparked off by the discovery of diamonds, the castle acted as a prison and torture house. Prison cells and a torture chamber were installed in the inner block of the castle, and one particular cell was infamous, the Donkerhut, the Dark Hole, a windowless cell in the dungeon of the castle. No light could reach it. People were tortured in the torture chamber, as well as in the individual cells, often chained up 24-7. Prisoners included indigenous people, slaves who attempted to escape, and outlaws, all of whom were often brutally executed in their cells. The Zulu king, Sechuayo, whose uncle was Shaka Zulu, and some of his wives were also prisoners in the castle for a time. According to records, during the winter floods, the water would rise so high that it would drown convicts who were chained to the walls within the Donkerhut and other dungeon cells. Supposedly, prisoners held in the Donkerhut would be left without any light for days, and then taken outside with a blindfold on. Guards would then turn the prisoners towards the sun, and then rip off their blindfolds, often blinding them with the harsh sunlight. So what kind of hauntings occur in the castle? Screams. Strange voices. And footsteps. Some guards have reported hearing the sound of pacing along the battlements, as if soldiers reanimate after dark to perform their duties. And after World War II, a legless floating humanoid shape was sometimes seen hovering along these same battlements. The guards also claim that the screams they hear belong to the ghosts of prisoners who were tortured in the dungeons. One such guard, Hilton Fredericks, 
reports that most of these haunted moments occur between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., and says that one night a guard heard someone screaming for help and voices coming from the dungeon and torture chamber. But when he went to investigate, there was no one there. He felt a presence. His body became ice cold and the hair stood up on his arms and at the back of his neck. Some guards also refused to patrol past the Dunkerhut, as when they did, they felt as though some unseen force was trying to pull them into the dark cell. Fredericks went on to describe an encounter which a couple, who had been granted permission to stay the night at the castle, experienced in the middle of the night. During the night, they woke up to find a lance corporal waking up the soldiers. When they asked what he was doing, he said the bus drivers and bus conductors were protesting and rioting in the city streets. The next morning, the couple asked around about the protests, but no one knew what they were talking about. Ashley France, a tour guide and guard at the castle, also reported a chilling encounter when he was on shift in the 1990s. He was walking through the archway near the Dongahat late at night when a strange sensation ran through his body and he saw someone waving at him. I knew there were only two of us on duty and the other guard was on the other side of the castle. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I tore a piece of my pants and scraped my shin when I ran past barbed wire near the gate. The caretaker of the castle, Abe Berg, also believes that a supernatural presence exists in the castle and reported an experience he had when he was forced to stay overnight due to a lack of transport. During the night I felt this heaviness on my chest and my body felt as if I was tied up I couldn't move. Eventually I struggled free, kicking and screaming, and ran out of the room. I stayed awake until sunrise. Specific ghostly figures have also been seen in and around the castle. In 1915, a two-meter-tall figure was spotted, standing on the battlements. No distinct facial features could be made out. Then again, in 1947, the same figure was seen, this time leaping over the battlements. It was continually seen over a period of weeks, and often the castle bell would be heard ringing. When a guard went to check on the tower, there was no one there. Rumours arose of a guard who had hung himself with the bell rope not long after the castle was built, and this led to the belief that this figure was the same guard now haunting the battlements. A large black dog has also been seen in the castle. charging suddenly at visitors but vanishing just before its claws could reach them. Lights turn on and off. Voices of a man and woman arguing echo through rooms near the main guard quarters. It is also said that the ghost of Governor Peter Grisbert von Neuert can be heard muttering and cursing. The story goes that in April 1729, von Neuert ordered for the execution of seven soldiers for crimes they did not commit, despite the lenient ruling by the council. One of the soldiers cursed the governor before he was killed, and that same day, Van Nuet died in his chair. A more light-hearted haunting, which also occurs in the castle, is that of Lady Anne Barnard, a Scottish woman who lived in the castle for five years with her husband, the secretary to the governor of the Cape at the time. Although she lived for such a short time in the castle, Lady Anne became deeply interested in the castle and the Cape, writing extensive notes and letters about it, painting the view of Cape Town from a bedroom, and even climbing Table Mountain, an unusual activity for a woman at that time. Lady Anne is sometimes seen in the ballroom of the castle, appearing often when important guests visit. She is seen dressed in a European 18th century ball gown, and wanders around the room during events. 
A fun fact about Lady Anne is that she was fond of swimming in the nude, often in the dolphin pool of the castle. She also apparently went skinny dipping in a stream on Table Mountain. Honestly, she sounds like a fun woman. Probably a fun ghost. The night before Halloween, 2014, a few seconds after midnight, two friends enter Claremont Graveyard in Cape Town. It's quiet. Too quiet. There were no insect noises, no birds. Nothing save for their footsteps and the clicking of the one friend's camera. An uncomfortable feeling hung in the air, as if the two friends were intruding on the dead. But nothing happened that night. When they went through their photos afterwards, some of them were dotted with large glowing orbs. Now some believe that these orbs represent spirits of the deceased. In one photo, in between the orbs, was a figure of a man with a long white beard and a reddish coat. The figure had not been seen in the graveyard when the two friends were walking through at midnight. Buried within this graveyard was Sir John Maltno, the first Prime Minister of the Cape Colony. He was a tall, powerfully built man, who fought in many battles, always wearing the red coat of a bored soldier. Could this have been his ghost? And if so, why is his spirit so restless? What is cooler than a phantom on a bridge after dark? I'll tell you. A headless phantom speeding down a bridge on a motorbike after dark. Now that is some headless horseman shit. It's the headless horseman upgrade for the 21st century. It's the headless horseman cross ghost rider. Now, it's unclear if Cape Town's headless rider can look into your eyes and destroy your soul. And all reports point to the lack of a head instead of a flaming one. And also, he doesn't, you know, come and cut off your head and you know, try to look for his head. But whatever, it still works. Now, according to legend, the headless rider can be heard just after midnight the engine of his motorbike roaring through the night as he speeds across the bridge near Spine Road. If you listen carefully, you'll hear the bike accelerating and accelerating, the engine whining, but never slowing down. Because he can never get off the bridge, no matter how fast he speeds. The legend is said to have begun when a motorcycle rider sped down Spine Road on a Harley Davidson and crashed at the foot of the bridge, dying instantly. This is why the headless rider can never leave the bridge, but instead replays his death over and over and over, every time the clock strikes midnight. So are you scared yet? I really love ghost stories, and I love these ghost stories. I didn't actually realize how many um, haunted places and legends there are in South Africa. And I'm itching to visit all of them. Maybe I'll see something, you never know. So my sources for this episode were essaypeople.com, 
castleofgoodhope.co.za, iol.co.za, cultureconnectsa.com, hauntedhistory.co.za, and capetownmagazine.com. Hey guys, I actually didn't use Wikipedia this time. Like, (laughs) can you congratulate me for actually doing some proper research? If there's a first to everything. Before I tell you what an amazing promo I have, which is amazing, and also get on to my podcast recommendations, I just wanted to take a short moment to to thank my mom and my dad and my sister, Sandishka, for really being so supportive since I decided to continue the podcast on my own after Rochelle passed away. Um, you know, there was never any pressure for me to continue and there wasn't any pressure for me to stop it. And it was it's been nothing but love and support and I really appreciate that. So a big thank you to my family because they're amazing. And also a big thank you to my best friend, Nadia, because she has been so supportive and so loving. It's amazing. So um, I really wouldn't be able to be doing this podcast without them. And of course, I wouldn't be able to be doing this podcast without you guys, my listeners, supporters. People follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, there's too many to really name who have been so supportive, but a big shout out to Siobhan from the Myth, Legend, and Lore podcast. She's been amazing. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to thank everybody, and I'm really excited to continue and see where this podcast goes. The great promo I have for you today is from Stories of Strangeness podcast, a podcast which tackles hauntings, cryptids, conspiracies, folklore, aliens, and more. Have a listen. Hello, I'm Mike. And I'm Zoe. And we're the hosts of Stories of Strangeness, a paranormal podcast that talks about... Aliens. Cryptids. Conspiracy theories. Hauntings. What have we spoken about? What biscuit would you offer a banshee? Are squirrels intelligent? Would you really be distracted by the shadow of a sausage? Some people are. Tune in every other Monday on your favourite podcast player. My promo recs for today are all folklore themed. I'm so sorry, I really couldn't help it, I just love folklore so much. First up we have Fabulous Folklore. Fascinated by Fabulous Folklore, lover of legends, maven of the macabre? If you love weird tales, bizarre superstitions, strange lore and wonderful myths, then you're in the right place. Fabulous Folklore gathers all things weird and wonderful into one blog and podcast. There's the folklore of flowers, forgotten Roman gods right here in Britain, or dark superstitions about graveyards. Yes, I love graveyards. And that's before we ever get to witchcraft, fairies, and Halloween lore. Episodes are 15 minutes or less so you can learn about something strange, cool, unusual, or fun when it suits you. Hi guys, this is a truly, truly fabulous, informative, and fun podcast. Um, it's perfect for listening to with a cup of tea while crafting, painting, or doing any other fun hobby because it's really casual. Each episode is about or under 25 minutes, which also means they're perfect for short car rides or bicycle rides or wherever the heck you're going. The host, I see, does an amazing job of gathering together information on each bit of folklore, and it's really amazing how she presents all of it in such a short time. Each episode is professional, and she really has such a lovely voice, which makes listening a pleasure. Please subscribe and listen. Follow I see on Twitter at IC Sedgwick. I think it's Sedgwick. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. And on Instagram at IC Sedgwick. The next podcast recommendation I have is Giraffes, Eggs, and Other African Stories. Here we recall African legends, myths, folk, and fairy tales, both in English and French. We also discuss modern-day storytelling with lovers of the medium as well as its writers. 
I really enjoy listening to this podcast. It's got excellent storytelling, which is passionate, exciting, and well-produced. There are also some wonderful sound effects and musical clips fused throughout each episode, which really allows the listener to immerse themselves in the podcast. I think it's unique and fantastic, and you won't regret listening to this podcast. Also, it's in a podcast about African stories and African myth by a black podcaster, which honestly needs to happen more, and uh, I was really excited to find this. Please go support. Follow Giraffes, Eggs, and other African stories on Twitter and Instagram at I'm Danny. So I am underscore D A I N I. The next podcast I'd like to recommend is Afro Tales. A podcast focused on folk tales, lore, myths, and legends that are a part of our everyday lives. Join Amon Mazingo as he explores the Afrocentric side of folk tales spanning the Americas and Caribbean. If you want more stories based on the people of the African diaspora, or just have a fun time listening to folk tales, lore, myths, and legends, this is the podcast for you. I think Amon Mazingo does a great job weaving the various and diverse myths and legends of the African diaspora. With Afrocentric tales from Jamaica, New Orleans, and Trinidad, to name a few, you will not be able to stop listening to Afro Tales. Follow this podcast on Twitter at AfroTalesCast and Instagram at AfroTalesPodcast. Please support these podcasts by listening, subscribing, sharing, and following them on social media. And that wraps up today's episode. I have been your host, the Shira, the disembodied voice you cannot escape. And Legendary Africa is produced by the infamous Estia the Dog. And we have an unpaid intern, as you know, Athena the Doggo. Thank you for listening and joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to subscribe to Legendary Africa wherever you listen. iTunes, Spotify, Spotify? <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever. And share with your friends, family, assorted pets, or any of your local flora and fauna as well. As I said before, plants like podcasts as well. Also, if you like what you hear and want to share that love, please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, or, or anywhere else you can leave comments. We also have a YouTube channel where I publish each episode, although I am often late with updating it. We also have a website, which I regularly update, or at least try to. So go check that out, and as always, feel free to add to the tribute page for Shavi by emailing me your message. All links can be found in the episode description below, and I will have a new blog post up for today's episode with some links to more info on today's haunted stories. I also have a forum post open on the site discussing my favourite myth, and I would love it if you joined in and told me all about your favourite myth, legend, story, or lore. Check us out on Instagram at LegendaryPod, and on Twitter at LegendaryPod1. And send me an email if you like to staylegendarypod at gmail.com. I welcome all myth ideas, prompts, uh, favorite recipes, pictures of your doggos, or any funny or legendary stories about yourself which you would like me to share on the pod. I also love fail videos. If you have any fail videos, send them to me. I'll see you next Saturday with an all-new ancient myth, legend, or tale from our beautiful continent of Africa. Until then, tell your loved ones you love them, thank the angel on your shoulder, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. Bye.